man all right just you and me tonight brother uh go last week was the four horsemen we got a little bit of taste of the uh yeah. of all four of us and yeah. uh had some issues going on we got some illness happening and things like that so uh there's just gonna be the two of us tonight but we're gonna have a uh we're having a good time here so i'm looking forward to it yeah, man. and uh thought we'd touch on a couple things man i thought you know we know it's been talked to death we're not going to try to you know to reinvent the wheel here uh, I thought yeah. we'd talk a little bit about the the NFL playoff games from the weekend and a little bit of a look ahead and then just you know, whatever <clears> the heck else we want to touch on. So yeah. uh, first things first, Jags, Chiefs. Um, look, this was a good game. We called on this show that we thought this could be a much closer game than people were giving, I guess, really right. giving Jacksonville credit for. We thought right. it could be a pretty close game. Uh, you, if I remember correctly here, going way back, you p- predicted that this would be the round the Jacksonville lost in. Not, I'm sorry, that the Kansas City lost in. Thought the Chiefs yeah. would lose, not to the Jags. This is way before that. Uh, catch me up a little bit here. Catch us up, all of the listeners here. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I think the the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. I I, I thought they were going to get knocked out this round, uh, but then I didn't think they were going to be playing the Jags. So <laughs> yeah. I predicted a few weeks ago that, that this was, they were going to get an early exit. And um, man, for, I will tell you for, for a good chunk of that game, I thought this actually may happen. The Jags may knock off, which, you know, being a Ravens fan, I wasn't too happy about. Cause then that mean, that meant just the, the Bengals were going to skate right to the Super Bowl without yep. any opposition whatsoever. But yeah, it's uh it was uh it was a close one. It was, was. a close one. It was a, you know, and honestly, I mean, kudos to the Jags. I mean, you're a team that really hasn't hasn't been in this position. You got a lot of young players that have no experience with with winning yeah. or playoff football, and you're going against a, a machine in the in Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I yeah. mean, you know, the just the, the sheer number of weapons that the Chiefs have. It puts it puts any team in a difficult spot, and the Jags, yeah, you know, look, they 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 got they took some shots, and uh, and they they stayed with it. They did not throw in the towel early. They didn't check out mentally. They stuck no. in that game, and they kept they kept driving. And, and this was a close game throughout. Yeah, and to lose by one score, that's respectable. You know, I have a few Jaguar friends and uh, fan fan friends, and I just I was texting them during the game and. Uh, you know they weren't. You know they weren't. Uh, they weren't like the Cowboys. They're not busting up their TV sets, and they were just like, you know right. what? That they're like we we were we hung in and we fought against arguably the best team in the NFL, and we lost by a score. So they they weren't too down. And uh, no. hats off. I, I started thinking about man, what what is the piece that really puts them over the over the edge next year? Because yeah, obviously second half of the season, all of a sudden Trevor flips the switch and he's yep. he's playing really well. You have a thousand yard receiver with Christian Kirk. You got a, a thousand yard rusher with e- ETN. Uh, so you you have you have a couple of great e- offensive e- pieces, and then you then you also got you know you got Calvin Ridley coming in potentially next year if he, if he gets reinstated in time. So he's going to have weapons and 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 they have coaching. So. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed, hundred percent. I mean, you know, you look at it and you think, okay, well, they're a very young team. They don't have a lot of experience. But you have maybe one of, if not the best coach for that exact situation. I mean, Doug Peterson 
has proven himself to be a really, really successful coach and successful at bringing teams kind of out of the doldrums, out of, you know, out yeah. of those, the, that, that kind of, but the NFL, it's, it's always a story of kind of the haves and the have nots, right? So the NFL has those, those upper tier teams that are consistent winners. You're going to see the same teams every year and, and you know what you're going to get. And likewise, you have the consistent losers, the bottom feeders, uh, and they, they, bad teams stay consistently bad. Doug Peterson has found ways to bring the bad teams up those middle yep. teams to top tier teams. Yep. Uh, and there's no reason to believe that he's not going to be able to do it in Jacksonville, particularly with the weapons that they have there. So, yeah. you know, I, I have, if I'm, if I'm Jacksonville, if I'm a Jacksonville fan, I'm feeling pretty good about, you know, the future from here. Yeah. Is it, is it just like, okay, we just need to be more consistent. We just, we made, you know, I don't know. Uh, you, you had almost uh, Zay Jones was, I think, 175 yards away from a thousand yard se- receiving season as well. And so you potentially, I mean, you have the up potential 2000 yard receivers. It's amazing. And that was really majority. Of that was second half of the season when, when dude just started slinging it. So and that's you, before Calvin Ridley, right? So now you're bringing in a real, a real receiver in Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could get uh, very interesting on that team. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they, if their defense is even any respectable at all, then you might, you might see them in the playoffs for a while. Yeah. No, look, and and I, we can't overlook the fact that they play in the division they play in. Right. So uh, yeah, I was just thinking I mean, that. You, yeah, you don't have to be great, right? But but for those people that said, "Oh, Jacksonville just you know coming out of the South, like they're they're not a legitimate team." Look, yeah. I think they 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 proved some people wrong. I mean, they handled themselves yeah. extremely well in as difficult a situation against some just absolute cold-blooded killers in the Kansas City Chiefs, there's nobody better. And so, you know, to, to be in that situation, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I believe, has played in five straight AFC championship games. That's just stupid, And man. so, like, these people expect to win. These dudes know what they're doing. And so when you're in that situation and you're a young team and you don't yeah. know how to win, you don't know what you're going to do, and for them to be able to come in and find a way to be yeah. able to make it happen is just – just impressive. So, you know, again, uh, good for good for the Jags. It was a loss at the end of the day, but I think in a lot of ways it was a win because it proved to the players, yeah. coaching staff, and the fans that, that they got something here. You know, they got a core group that they can really do something with. So, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, nobody expected them to even be in the running. Everybody just assumed that the Titans would run away with it again. And, yeah. uh, hey, and they did first part of that season. You thought, okay, Titans are just going to keep steamrolling. And, uh, I mean, yeah. some injuries set in and obviously that, you know, threw a sure. wrench in things, but, uh, yeah, hats off to the Jags. Way to make yeah, a game no. of it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they handled themselves extremely well. And then when we moved past that, we moved to a team that did not handle themselves oh. extremely well because we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York yeah. Giants. And man, last week we were talking about how the Giants had the perfect game plan. They oh. came in so perfectly prepared, ready to go. And I don't yeah. know if they just kind of thought that they had it all figured out, but <laughs> they did not. <laughs> they, no. they could not have, have come in no. less prepared no. for that game. They got absolutely steamrolled, mollywops, mollywopped in that game. <laughs> <laughs> and the Eagles just like there was there was zero struggle, so yeah. um, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that one, man? Eagles Giants. Eagles yeah, won thirty you know, to seven, by the way. Oh, it was brutal. You know, the, 
last week you go, okay, these, these guys are on like Mensa level, you know, they <laughs> high football IQs just dominating. And then you watch this week and you're like, oh, okay, you, you were at a frat party late last night. You didn't even realize there was a test today. You <laughs> yeah, rolled in worried. to, no, you rolled in you're like, oh crap, there's a, we're playing. Uh, and, and that's really what, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Cause a yeah. completely different Daniel Jones. So you have Daniel Jones last week that seems confident, very decisive. And then you roll into 15 for 27, 135 yards in a interception. <laughs> Eagles didn't have to do that much. Like uh, you felt no. like the giant, it, it felt like the giants were ecstatic just to win a playoff game. And then they're like, anything else that happens with this season, we're good. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Cancun. And there is a little bit of that feel, right? Which is that like, Hey, we outperformed expectations. So this is all gravy. And Look, I don't know that they actually have this mentality, but if they did, if that started to seep in, which it definitely can in teams yeah. that have only known failure, that, you know, it, it, there's always this thing, right? And, and, and you find it in business, you find it in sports, where it's like, if you're a, if you're a coach, if you're an owner, if you're a, a, a business leader, you know, you have to align your, your version and vision for success with someone else's vision for success. And if you're not right. on the same page of what success looks like, then someone right. could think they're being successful and you feel like they're failing. And so you have to get on the same page. And I feel like the players, based on the performance, it sure seemed like the players felt like they were already successful because they had made it this far into the playoffs uh, by surviving the wild card round. And, you know, the, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work for them. Well, I think, I think what you saw is, is, uh, you know, a team that, uh, with Saquon, they're a team that I mean, I think maybe, maybe similar to the Ravens, you give you give the Giants a lead, a fourteen nothing lead, they could probably grind out that win, you know. Yeah. But Saquon had nine carries. That's it, uh, you so, can never be in that situation. No, uh, nine carries, but nine carries for nine carries for sixty one yards. Right. And so he's averaging he's averaging six point eight yards a carry. But you get, you know, you're down 14 nothing in the first yeah. quarter. So now you're like, okay, well, we got to throw this thing. Yeah, but what what wide receivers do you have? They're like, man, this guy can take over the game, right? You have, right. The, so they shut down Slayton, which it seemed like, you know, once they got that 14-point lead, I thought uh, very well coached because they're like, well, we're just going to shut down Slayton. We're going to let Richie James catch it for catch seven balls for 51 <laughs> yards and he's going to be sure, our number one receiver that game right so like we'll shut down uh darius uh and because we have a 14 point lead they didn't have to stack it against saquon well then you go in second quarter and it's you know once you get 21 point 28 point lead you're coasting because it totally changes the play the, giants, the play calling there's just not much 100 and the, and the giants didn't have the firepower to be able to catch up and so at that point, Jalen didn't. They're like, "Oh, Jalen only had 154 yards. He didn't need to do anything at that point." Uh, no. You know what I'm saying? Like he, mean, he was yeah. 16 for 24. He didn't have to do anything. Like, no. And fine. you can be critical of that. They won 38 to seven. So what did you want him to put up 70? Like, there's just not right, much right, that right. they needed to do. I mean, they were in complete control of that game. Yeah. From the first whistle. Yes. Yeah. And, so and, and they rushed and they rushed the ball very well. They had 268 rushing yards. So <laughs> once they got that lead. They, just, they protected they, it, man. They put on the grinder and it was all over. So, yeah. So it's look, be, I mean, it'll the, be interesting the Giants, to see. Well, we talked about this, you know, a week or two ago on the show uh, that, you know, a little bit of the shine came off the Giants later in the season. 
right? So the first yeah, part of yeah. the season, people were blown away that the Giants were even playing competitive football with you know, new Absolutely. head coach Brian Dayball. They right. were a shock. Right. And then people's expectations started to go too far in the other direction that oh, this is the this is the Giants. They're going to really make some noise. They could win the, the division. They could make a lot of noise in the playoffs. And, you know, you, you have to take into consideration these guys have never won. They're not. They haven't no. been a winning organization in quite some time. No. And the players that are on the team haven't been winning. So, you know, you don't want to put these guys in a situation where anything that they do is looked at as not enough, right? Because they're doing yeah. amazing things just to have gotten where they got. Yeah. And so they, this is a win. play great and, team ball. Yeah. And I think you got to look at it again, not unlike the Jags, and say, this is a win for the organization because 100%. I think next year you're going to look at this and go, well, what's Brian Dayball going to be able to do with this team year two? Right. Uh, now, again, is Daniel Jones back? Nobody knows. Right? Yeah. The team's indicated they'd like him back. He has been very uh, noncommittal, uh, Daniel Jones has, about whether or not he's going to return. He said after the game, like, hey, this is a business. I understand it's a business. That, you know, I've enjoyed my time here. Don't know what's going to happen next. So he's not yeah. – you know, Saquon has come out and said, if it's up to me, this is where I want to be. Daniel Jones hasn't said anything like that. So, Well, and you got a couple of quarterbacks that are potentially in the market here that, you know, they, mm-hmm. may, they may feel like they could make a run to – run for, but I think you're still back to the same issues. You don't have dom, you know, you don't have dominant receivers. You don't have guys that are, that are just taking a top off. Do you go, man, we have to game plan for no one's, you know, no one's doing that uh, for the, for their wide receiver core. You're game planning for, for Saquon. You know, you're like, we got to shut that dude down, but outside of, outside of him, ball control offense for sure. Yeah. uh, Saquon, 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, 4.4 yard average. So he's, Baller, uh, you yeah, know, but huge you go, bounce is, back year for him for sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you thinking that Daniel's going to throw four hundred yards and four touchdowns on you? Like, you know, nah, we're. I think we can. Uh, I think we can rail that. Not they. I think they they definitely outperformed uh, any expectations. So, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta love that. You gotta root for those guys that everybody thinks are going to be a loser and they come out the gate swinging. And but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, look, it's going to be interesting to see where it develops. For the Giants, uh, I think we know where things are going for the Eagles, and that arrow is pointing pretty straight up. So they, they've got nothing but good yeah. things happening. And then we're going to move in here to uh, the Sunday games, which was Bengals and Bills. Yeah, uh, big look, I, I was calling the Bills to win this game and yeah. uh, really thought this was going to be a tight game. I, I think I said not only on the show here, but literally yeah. used this exact example – that this was going to be a heavyweight fight, a slugfest. These guys were mm. going to be going at it. And the bottom line is yeah. uh, Buffalo did not come with their gloves on, and they were not yeah. ready for this fight. I, I don't know if I give this more credit to the Bengals or or taking away credit from the Bills because they just, separate from what the Bengals did, the Bills just didn't seem ready to play. Uh, yeah. For whatever the reasons, I know there's been, you know, they've obviously had a lot of, emotion, you know, tied up into various things and stuff. But, you know, th- these are getting to be stacking up frustrating seasons for the Buffalo Bills, and the window only yeah. stays open for so long. Stephon Diggs, uh, uh, you know, you probably saw immediately sure. afterwards, clears out his locker, leaves the locker room, doesn't want to engage with anybody. They have to drag him back in the room, basically, to be, you know, willing to spend mm-hmm. any time there. And, again, that's normal frustration. I'm not saying that Stephon Diggs wants to leave Buffalo or anything like that, but it's just – you know, it starts to get old for players, and you see this with teams where they just keep <clears throat> hitting that that ceiling, and they can never quite get past it. 
And if you don't start to, you start to fall back because you can't afford to play the players. I mean, you know, Buffalo's got a significant, uh, you know, cap number no matter what. Yeah. So it, it starts to get interesting yeah. on where they develop. Well, I, I think the unfair thing for Buffalo, and we were, I was rooting for them, obviously, uh, to, to win. I thought it would be more competitive game. If you're in Buffalo, it's a snow game. I'm thinking, you know, this, yeah. this could potentially be, uh, this could potentially be a route from Buffalo's side of things. Um, you know, you, you, I think you start to be hypercritical of the guy, uh, you know, of Josh Allen, which I think he's fun, he's fantastic. Yeah. But without him, you're not even getting close to being this far, you know, uh, where in regular <laughs> season wins or even even potential playoff. So you're you're hypercritical of of, a, of the playoff run, you know, which it's uh it's unfair. I mean, we we you saw early early years Peyton Manning, you know what I'm saying? Like this dude yeah. was a perennial playoff choker with yes. outstanding he was he was a playoff I mean, he was a, a regular season god. And then you come into the playoffs and all of a sudden he's terrible. So I, you know, I get the frustration, especially when you look at your team and go, we, we have all the pieces that we need. Uh, and you can't argue with that. They do. But, uh, I mean, I, I thought, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit childish for Diggs to, to make to, mm-hmm. the, the sideline antics a little bit and go, come on, man. Like you're not helping the morale at all at this point. So <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to figure out what you're contributing to the team. And, and if you're not contributing, positive, you know, positivity, you know, he, he obviously is a great player. So you're not going to take away the, the, the play, but, you know, also looking and I, I pulled this earlier today, but the, the bills are in the bottom third of the league as it pertains to cap space uh, going into next season. Uh, so, you know, you look at this team and they are currently eight and a half million dollars uh, over the cap. And, they are the effective cap space that they have. They would be over $20 million over the cap Wow! without restructuring anything going into next year. And so, you know, you look at that situation and, and for what it's worth, and I'm not sure why, cause I haven't examined these numbers, but the Jags are actually in worse shape than the bills. They're 14 huh. million over the cap and almost $24 million in uh or negative 24 million in a cap in effective cap space. Uh, so the worst teams as it pertains to cap space, uh, and I'll, gi- I'll give you what is essentially the bottom half of the league. These aren't numbered, so I'm just going to start from essentially where I start seeing negatives. The Eagles are at about a break even. The Steelers are slightly over the cap uh, as of right now, but but effective cap space, they're at negative almost $3 million. Then you go into Cowboys, Jets, Bills, Panthers, Jags, Rams, Browns, Dolphins, Packers, Chargers, Titans, Vikings, Bucks, and Saints. The Saints, 58, they're the worst. $58 million over the cap, over $61 million in negative cap space. So there's some massive restructuring that's going to have to be done, uh, you know, on that team. But sticking with what we're talking about with the Bills, they're in the bottom third of the league as it pertains to salary cap. So they've got some things. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. They got some things to figure out. Which you'd have to expect that for what one, for what they paid. Uh, Cause I mean, you're going to have to start planning for Trevor Lawrence and his contract extension. And yep. you know, what, what are you going to do there? Uh, yeah. Interesting to see yeah. what kind of moves these guys make. I mean, you, you know, you always go, how, uh, you know, can you can you get a serviceable quarterback and then stack your team the rest of the way, you know, and win a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, clearly you can. 
I mean, that's the Ravens MO. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like we're going to dill for it and flacco it up and we're, <laughs> we're going to stack it across the board. It's, I mean, and you got your, you know, yeah, it, it's definitely doable, but I mean, how, unless you're, I mean, gosh, uh, Mahomes is such a, just a different breed, you know, where you can go, I'm going to pay you half a billion dollars and I'm just going to put rookies around you and you're going to make them better. And, and, you know, and you're, you're so good. You can account for their weaknesses. I don't, you know, can these other guys do that? Uh, yeah. But yeah, disappointing, disappointing loss for Buffalo. Uh, uh, Burrow is looking like the real deal. Gosh, he is just, if you're like, if I'm a, if I'm a Bengals fan, I love me some Burrow because he is just the right level of cocky, uh, the right level of If you're anywhere else in the world, you hate him. But if you're a Bengals fan, you probably like him. I think the rest of the world sees him as, as, uh, you know, a very arrogant, unpleasant guy. But again, a Bengals fan, that's, if you're a Bengals fan, you're like like him. So nobody's knocking that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're loving every bit of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was a disappointing game. I thought the last round of games was a lot better. Uh, these games are pretty, pretty terrible, except for maybe the, which is sad to say the best game was the Jags game. Like, you know, you hate to yeah. say that that's the the best right. game of the weekend. The game was you Jags. didn't even think was going to be competitive is, is the no. best game of the weekend. You, you thought that was going to be a 38 to seven drumming, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And then, you know, we move past that and we go to the game that, you know, a lot of people really were <laughs> excited about, which was the Cowboys Niners. And look, okay. So we, we could go on about this for a long time. We're not going to, but uh, Niners won this game to the surprise right. of nobody other than maybe 40% of Cowboys fans, right? Like outside of that, if you were surprised that the Cowboys lost, then you have not been watching your team for the last 30 plus years. <laughs> Like, I mean, at some point, right, there's this thing, you know, you see it on like Instagram or different things. People like, yeah. oh, when, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. They've been showing you for 30 plus <laughs> years who they are, man. What do they need to do to prove themselves to you? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, we said it. We, we were texting this. The Dallas Cowboys are the are the chargers of the South. Right? That's right. So it's like yeah. they will find ways to lose. They will yes. underperform. They will play down to their opponents. They will yeah. disappoint you. They're not yeah. a winning organization, and they're not a winning team. And and Dallas yeah. fans right now are going to get pissed off and upset, and they're going to say, well, we are a winning organization because look what we did in the 90s. Or look what I did in the 90s, right? Like, <laughs> you, mean, I, you, you should have seen me running track and playing basketball in the 90s. Right. Yeah, I was no a killer. Yeah. You're not going to have me out yeah. there now, you know? Like, no, it's just. No. And you and I were doing that in the 90s, right? It's like, and neither one of we, us wants to be out there doing that stuff right every now. single like, day, but at some days. point. Yeah, at some point I tore my meniscus and I can't do yeah. it anymore. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Cowboys tore their meniscus back in '95 and uh, they just <laughs> never recovered. They've been limping along ever <laughs> They've since. They've been limping along ever since. <laughs> they got bones, like you know, they got rheumatoid arthritis, and they they yeah. can they cannot. They're walking around bone spurs and everything else. Oh, they got nothing good happening. And the thing no. is, it's like everybody. It's the same hype every year, where it's like this is the year for Dallas. Yeah. It, it it isn't. Don't worry, it's not. Oh, it's we not. got these players. Doesn't matter. They will underperform. We got this yeah. new coach in. That coach is not relevant. It's, <laughs> That's right. It's, it's 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 organizationally, you're a failure. Yeah, it, it's it's in your DNA at this point. Like, yeah, it really truly is. And I've ranted yeah. about the Cowboys in the show. I'm not. I'm going to attempt not to do it tonight. But but I can tell you that, like, if <laughs> I'm not going to say I would have bet the house that they would lose. But I would have bet a lot of money that they were going to yeah. lose. And 
And yeah. so, you know, and that's that's the situation is that, you know, when you are a when you're a losing franchise, you find ways to lose games. Loser! You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be because you are dirt. You make me sick, you big baby. <laughs> I, and that's how most outside fans and honestly, probably what Dallas fans should have felt, you know, watching that game the other day, because it was embarrassing what Dallas was able to do. And not just Dallas, Dak Prescott, this idea, this, this thing that people have wanted to do yeah. to hype <clears throat> Dak Prescott up to some sort of elite top five quarterback is yeah. laughable. Statistically. Yeah. Sure. He's put up some decent years. There's no, nobody's yeah. taken that away from him, but he's not a nope. winning quarterback. No. And until you understand the difference, you will continue to lose in the first or second round of the playoffs every year. You will never be a real threat. And also the organization failed him for the record by also getting rid of Amari Cooper and having absolutely no plan to replenish the receiving core. So you're throwing to Michael Gallup who has injury issues and these other guys. And you know, it's just, it's, it's just bad, bad management. And then bad play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Dak had some early career success, which I think yeah. that's what got your, you know, got people pretty, he, he's like the, he's the Tony Rich project of uh, NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> so he just. Well, I'll tell you, you what I was going to compare him to was, was Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you, I mean, now, yeah. now don't get me wrong. He's still playing at a higher level than Carson Wentz. Right. I get that. No, but before it's not anyone freaks out about it, it was only a few years ago that Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. People yeah. forget how quickly things fell apart there. But the reality is he was a guy who could put up stats and couldn't win the big game. And yeah, then, Foles beat two people that year. Uh, right. You know, he, yeah, he yeah, went to the Super exactly. Bowl and, and then just he, he took Wentz's dignity and then he just That's never right. recovered. And so if never you look recovered. at Dak and you say, okay, well, what's the difference? Right? It's it's. I mean, is he playing better than Carson Wentz? Not necessarily better than peak Carson Wentz. And I'll be the first to say, I haven't looked at him side by side, you know, uh, but I, I'll pull some stats and, and look it's at the upside. best year versus Carson Wentz's first year. Yeah, but, it's the you upside. Know, you, if you put those two side by side, you're still going, well, I'm taking Dak because the, the ceiling is so much higher. Right. But Zach, uh, Dak, he, he's not even sure what the ceiling is. Like, I'm, I'm no. like, he is too focused on the floor. Yeah. Uh, to even care. I mean, he got some injuries and stuff mixed in there the last couple of years, which, you know, sure. you, you, that's fine. But he's not injured right now. And and it was more his head than anything because he made a couple of throws really. Like, that doesn't, you know, those those aren't uh, those aren't top five, top seven quarterback throws that you're making. And very disappointing. It's funny because, oh. you know, you follow the NFL memes. Uh, if you follow yeah. them on social media, whatever, they're hilarious. You know, they do such a great job with that stuff. And of course, yeah. they just start. I mean, they come out guns blazing with Cowboys. For a few reasons. One, because <laughs> Cowboys fan can be so obnoxious. They can be so obnoxious. Sure. You know, it's uh, we always them boys. Yes. We always win in it. And so, so nobody likes to pop their bubble more than like you know than satire. And and so they start it's meme after meme after meme attacking the. So I I, I, I went to some of the comments today, and you just have a litany of Cowboys fans, just just blow, just blowing up. So angry. They're like, does NFL memes just hate the Dallas Cowboys? This is so terrible. Like, why can't you guys talk about other teams that lose? Like, I'm like, this, you're just making them want to make more memes about you. That's right. You're proving their point. You you are the Karen of NFL football now. Like, you are, you are just going after it. Uh, so it it is funny. I'm like, you, you do understand, like, you know, okay, you're, you've missed, okay. 
That's why we. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's why we hope. If we go, if we look at uh, a Dak and Brock Purdy, and we're comparing those two in that game, Dak Prescott goes twenty-three of thirty-seven for two hundred and six <clears throat> yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah, Brock Purdy, nineteen of twenty-nine, two hundred and fourteen yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. The the almost undrafted, Mister Irrelevant. Rookie quarterback yeah. does not turn the ball over when it counts, yeah. does not make the fatal error. The experienced, so, multi-million paid, you know, supposedly elite quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he's the one that's turning the ball over. He's the one that's yeah. that's that's failing, you know, in 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 the clutch. And yeah, it's it's disappointing. Great again, great for Brock Purdy. Congratulations, bro. Well, he he just didn't lose the game for him, right? That's it. That's uh, all he has to do, and that's all Dak needed to do. Honestly, I mean, th- it didn't require a whole lot more than that. And yes, I know, and believe me, I've heard it about the, you know the Dallas fans say, "Well, Tony Pollard got hurt," and blah blah blah. And, you know, okay, Tony Pollard had six carries for twenty-two yards. He was averaging three point seven yards a carry. The idea that the whole yeah. game hinged yeah. on that Tony Pollard injury. Meanwhile, uh, Zeke Elliott, 10 carries, 26 yards, having 2.6 yards a carry. Uh, you know, so. Well, and that's it. So that's it. They, so here's the thing. Like, if uh, you know, last week's game, the run game was fine. Like, run game was carrying it. They were good. Yeah. But now you're going up against two, what was, were 49ers ranked one or two in rush defense? Yeah. yeah. And so now it, they're shutting down your run game. And now all of the pressure is on Dak. All of the pressure. Like, he has to win this. It's he didn't have to throw it thirty seven times, you know what I'm saying? And but he did only because they shut down the run game. They're like, you are completely ineffective on the run, so we are forcing you to pass. We're going to make you, Dak Prescott, win this we game you with us. your arm. We're going to dare you to beat us. We don't think you have it in you. We're going to play just chill, mistake free. We're going to let this be a low scoring game. We're not going to ask Brock to do anything insane. We're gonna let McCaffrey do a little bit. We're gonna we're just gonna coast. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna volley the ball over the net back to you, and we're just gonna keep. We're not gonna try to go for shots down the baseline. We're just gonna keep putting the ball in the play, and eventually we're gonna believe that you're gonna make the mistake, and it's exactly what happened. And uh, right. you can blame Ezekiel Elliott for having a terrible run. They had they went up against one of the best. They they you know they just hindsight. In my mind, I thought, okay, I think the I think the Cowboys can do enough with that defense to disrupt um, the the 49ers offense, and you could argue that they did. I mean, 19 points isn't yeah. isn't isn't blowing it up. Uh, huh? It was the other way around, though. The two interceptions and and Brock Purdy comes out looking like he he deserves that starting spot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you look at the stats, I mean, they were relatively split down the middle, right? I mean. Most most of them, the Niners had a, an edge, but a small edge, right? So total yards, mm-hmm. Niners had 312 mm-hmm. to Dallas is 282, pretty close. 199 passing yards for the Niners, 206 for the Cowboys. So again, very close. 113 rushing yards to 76 for the Cowboys. So the Niners definitely had the edge there. But again, you got Christian McCaffrey. Like that's that's yeah. going to happen. Slightly more yards per play, five yards per play for the Niners, 4.7 for Dallas. Um, yeah. The difference was, you know, time of possession. Time of possession. Uh, the the Niners had almost six more minutes of time of possession, yep. and then yep. then all you have to do is get some turnovers. 
And once you once you factor in turnovers and that time of possession change, yeah, it, you can't win that game. And and that's yeah. that's what happened to Dallas. And at a game and a time when they needed clean play, they yeah. couldn't get it. And that's been very very consistent with that with that team. A long yeah, and they didn't even have to do it. Like I, if if Dak wasn't forcing it, because it really did feel like. Uh, he was trying to make something happen, trying to prove that he, you know, was going to put the Cowboys on his back. You you forced some things that didn't have to be forced because I don't know that I don't know that Purdy was going to win that game for you. Right. I think if the Cowboys could have just kept it close, kept mistake free, I think they probably would have taken it in the end. Because if you start putting that pressure on Purdy, like okay, now I got to do something, man, you can. I, I think at that point you're you're putting them in a, a, a tough position, but yeah, Cowboys going to Cowboy. That's it, man. Uh, they always do. They always have 30 year history of uh, doing what they do and they do it as good or better than anyone. So uh, unfortunately yeah. for Cowboys fans, that thing that they do is fail miserably when the chips are down. <laughs> uh, and then, so that sets us up for the conference championships. And so uh, look again, I want to be very very clear in what I'm about yeah. to say so that uh-huh. there is right. no confusion about this whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. We know the NFL is not rigged, right? Like oh, we sure. know that that's the case. Not. Like that we never have that concern no hanging over us. There's no chance about the NFL being yeah. rigged, right? That's, mm. that's, silly, that's silly talk. I it's silly to even talk about. It's so crazy. It's, so it's crazy. silly to even talk about. It is. But. I don't think that they're upset yeah. about the fact that the NFC Championship game is the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I yeah. don't think they're upset that it's the Bengals and the Chiefs. And and for a few different reasons. Number one, because they didn't want it to be the Jags. Let's face it, right? They want sure. major teams, major markets. Like this is right, this right, is right, right. this is the way it is. Uh but secondarily, and we talked about this on, gosh, was it last week, week before, something like that here on the show, specifically on the podcast, Hefe was talking about the fact that, like, you know, with, with Mahomes, you get that Michael Jordan syndrome, right, where you could give the guy the MVP every single year. And so people yeah. get tired. You get of, tired of it. Yeah, they, they, like they want to see someone else come along. Right. The NFL is no different. They love the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been incredibly successful. But what would they like more? They'd love for someone else to come along and be even more successful, like a Joe Burrow. And so to have <clears throat> this this matchup between quarterbacks, uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, they of course they put it on Sunday night football. Um, you know, it, it's it's and a great matchup. I mean, I, I can't take anything away from it. I'm super uh, curious to see how this game is going to play out. I've learned the hard way. You don't bet against the Chiefs ever, but the Bengals are looking like a tough team to beat. So I, I, on both levels, let's start with the Niners Eagles. Uh, you know, what, what are you thinking on this one? Well, I don't think, uh, I, I think it was a win-win obviously for the, for the NFL, because if, if since he loses that game, you know what I'm saying? You still got bills and, uh, in KC. So it's not like, you're, exactly. you know, it's not like you're hurting either way. Yep. Uh, and if Cowboys happen to make it to this round, I mean, good grief, like, Right. That that just sells itself uh, as far as yeah. media, 
and you attention. have an NFC East, you know, divisional round or, or NFC championship between the Eagles and the Cowboys, people would absolutely freak yeah. out over that. Yeah, it, it's going to be. It was going to be the way. Uh, well, you know, so I'm. I was wrong uh, last week, so I'm a little hesitant this week to to throw out my. And, and, you know, I think my heart gets in the way a little bit because I'm going to, I don't want, I do not want to see the Bengals in back-to-back, uh, back-to-back Super Bowls. No, no one, no one wants to see that. Well, uh, except for Bengals fans. Uh, What's your call? You know, I think as much as it pains me, uh, Bengals just got this swagger right now. And maybe, and, and, well, I think the other storyline is uh, I don't think the I don't think Mahomes has ever beaten the Bengals or beaten Burrow. Is, not sure. Is, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that up. So you might be I, right. I, I thought I, I thought I hear like they were zero for three. I think against Burrow. So if I if I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the stat I had heard. And so if that's the case, you know, uh, if it, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to pick the Bengals because I think there's just a level of swagger to them that. Uh, well, what about I the first it. game, Niners Eagles? Uh, I'm, I really like Purdy, and I really want this dude to succeed. Uh, <laughs> I just, I really do, but I'm going to go Eagles. Look, I, I'm going to go like this game. The Niners Eagles is like two two buzzsaws just like coming right at each other. I mean, th- these are two of the best teams, and honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure that the loser of this NFC matchup wouldn't beat either of the AFC teams. Like, it's very possible whoever loses in the NFC uh, title game could potentially beat either AFC team. Uh, they're that well, good. Yeah. I mean, both they, teams you are, are really, really impressive. Very complete. And I think what you ran into with, uh, you know, lots, a lot of injuries on, on the Buffalo Bills defensive side, right? You lose Vaughn, you lose... Yeah. Uh, you know, you lose um, uh, Hamlin. You lose. You lose a lot of, uh, a lot of defensive um, players that they lost. So I, you know, they they couldn't keep up with Burrow. Burrow picked him apart. I, you don't expect him to throw that well in the snow, uh, but it <laughs> it did not phase him one bit. He was lethal. And uh, yeah. but you go the week before, you go to a top ranked defense that can make you mm-hmm. one dimensional with the mm-hmm. Ravens. And all of a sudden it's a very close game. So I think, I think uh, if he does end up making it to the Super Bowl, I, I, I do want them to get blown out. Um, but. Well, it gets yeah. interesting too, because, you know, we know, we know old Patty Mack, Patrick Mahomes has that high ankle sprain. Yeah. And so, you know, there is that, <laughs> that introduction of that, that issue. And actually I want to give a little credit. We just got a comment on that uh, on our live stream here, as we were talking that, you know, that that got brought up about, that high ankle sprain and the potential of, of, you know, where that could, that could impact them. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, that's, I still, but I'm he's not going so to against the Chiefs. I'm going the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, Duke can throw with both hands. I mean, he's ambidextrous throwing, throing touchdowns in the NFL. Right. I mean, it's just silly. No one could do that. So you can put him know, in a hip cast. Two ankles? I'm not sure. No, put him in a hip cast <laughs> and he's still going to probably throw for 320 <laughs> and two touchdowns. He may get a pick, but yeah, possible, you know, possible turn the ball over. Right, that was one of the behind the back passes that just you know was slightly off target. But right. <laughs> you saw him even when he came back in the game. Uh, he is just so good that it man um, running running is an element of his game, but it's not. It's just as the defense gives it. Uh, it's not like a Lamar Jackson thing where 
you know, you tweak your ankle. You're like, man, I'm, I'm done for the year. Just let me, let me just sit home. But uh, he, he's just so good. So it, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an so interesting your call game. is what for the Niners Eagles. I'm calling Eagles. You've already called, you called Bengals. You're calling Eagles Bengals. Super Bowl. I'm calling Bengals and Eagles in the Super Bowl. Ooh, boy. Well, now, then you know now, what? I'll flip, now, I'll flip it the other I'll way. Say, this is what I'm Niners calling. Chiefs. And, and that's and that's who I want to be in the Super Bowl. Okay, so if I'm going like just pure feelings, I would want Niners right. and Chiefs. Uh, but, you know, I was completely wrong last week, so I wouldn't trust anything I say, and I definitely wouldn't put any money on it. No, agreed, yeah. and I don't trust anything you say, but yeah. it's uh, relevant for you the purposes a case of this show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you a quesarito. No that's what I'll thing. bet you. I'm not even 100% <laughs> sure what a quesarito is, so I don't feel comfortable betting it. <laughs> but... Well, sir, but I will say, and you have not lived. <laughs> but I will say, you know, when we look at these, when we look at these games, I mean, obviously, it's lined up super, super well. Uh, you know, these these should should be really, really good games. Both these teams have really similar strengths. Um, you know, on on all levels, right? No matter what the matchup is that you see, really, really solid yeah. teams. I think the difference is going to be on the. On the Eagles and Niners, I think it's going to come down to pass rush. Whose pass rush, get, whose pass rush gets off the most? They both have yeah. had strong pass rushes in the playoffs. I'm very curious, you know, who, who gets off the ball better is going to be the difference maker on that. Last week, we saw the Bengals' pass rush really be impactful against the Bills and Josh Allen. So if yeah. they could manage to pull something like that off against Patrick Mahomes, particularly if his mobility is a little limited because of the ankle sprain, that could definitely – you know, be a huge impact in that game. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, inter- I'd be, I'd be, I'm curious to see what AJ Brown does. Uh, you know, very hard to guard. I, there's just not a lot of. I, I hope this. I'm really just hoping these are really good games. I hope they're better games than than what we had this this week. I mean, yeah. Uh, if if I have I my way, I, I just don't. Want, I don't. I don't want to see the Bengals uh, win. Uh, out of the other remaining three teams, I don't care who wins the Super Bowl, but I just don't want to see the Bengals doing it because we're the you know we are the AFC North and we don't want to see any of them have success ever. Uh, no, so not at all, not at all, not at all. I never, never got, I never understood, I never understood people like that are in the AFC North because it's such a it's such a you know it's a brutal division, and we genuinely hate each other as as humans. Uh, I never understood. Sure like a Steelers fan going, Hey, I'm pulling for the Ravens or I'm pulling for the Bengals because we're in the same division. No, I'm like, I don't, it doesn't matter when this, like, we're not friends. It's not like, I think that's supposed you know, to make you feel better about you losing to that team. Like, Oh, well, we, they beat us, but they were the Super Bowl champions. I don't feel good about losing to anyone ever. So that doesn't no. matter to me. Like, I, like, I don't want to see them become the Super Bowl champions because they beat me. It's just, yeah, I don't understand well, the argument. Well, it's even like it, we're not the Olympics, like where you have several teams on Team USA, and like right. man, if one gets knocked out, I'm really rooting for my teammate to win the get win yeah. the gold. It's not that. Like we genuinely don't like anybody in the AFC North, so I don't understand I don't the whole like yeah. Just when we were in the Super Bowl and you and I went uh, back yep. in t- in 2012, you know we were there at the Super Bowl, went to the game, and we had we had Steelers fans, friends of ours, that were going, "Hey, we're rooting for you guys." Like, why <laughs> would you? I don't expect that. Why would you do that? Yeah. I'll I will pass. never do that for you ever. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I mean that we could we could probably you know seriously do a whole episode one time on just you know us going to the Super Bowl and what that experience was like because 
that is something that for, uh, you know, most people and, and, and most people listening to the show in whatever the venue is that they're hearing us, right? It could be on YouTube or clips on Instagram or, or, or Twitter or TikTok or anything else or listening to the podcast. Um, it's, you know, most, most people that listen to this are, are football fans. And the idea of actually going to the Super Bowl is something that for so many people is just a dream, a fantasy yeah. to ever be able yeah. to do. And so yeah. to have been able to go and to watch your team win is, uh, um, you know, incredible, incredible. So and we've, we've we talked a lot about of stories this. about that. What's the percentage? Like we've talked about this a little bit as far as uh, the, the number of people that are on planet Earth. And even if you yeah. just even you just bring it down to the United States, the percentage of people that went to the Super Bowl and saw their team win live. I mean, that's definitely an elite number. That, that it's like a, what um, it has to be like a millionth of a percent of the population <laughs> of the country, right? I mean, it's just like nothing. I mean, the, right. each Super Bowl holds seventy thousand people, right? Ballparking this ballpark, yep. And there have been you know fifty plus Super Bowls at this point. So yeah, I mean, if you were to say the total number, and that's if all of them seated the exact same number of people, seventy thousand sure. people. And what are we up to now on Super Bowls? 56 or something like that? I don't something even know. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so let's just say 56. That would mean a total, total of 3.9 million people have ever been to a Super Bowl at all. Yeah. Of that 3.9 million people, roughly half of them saw their team lose. Yeah. So now you divide that down and it's 1.95 million people in the entire country. Yeah. That could have ever gone to a Super Bowl and watched their team win. Out of I don't even know what the current population is. Three hundred and some odd million, yeah. Three hundred million, right? Yeah. So if you were to take that and you said, uh, we'll just go off of one point nine five million and we said divided by three hundred million, is that correct? Yeah, I don't even know that. That would I mean, mean you... that's zero point zero zero six five percent. In the in the history of the Super Bowl. But even if you go like there were there was thirty even if you split it down the middle, like said thirty five thousand people at a game that saw their team win in light of three hundred million. Like if you just yeah. did it on a, a simple Every year. yeah, but it's not very many. Uh no. and it was definitely a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was great. Uh it was awesome. It really was. It was a lot of fun time. Uh next question I have for you is uh Damar Hamlin secretly <laughs> not uh, alive or around or yeah. being so, hidden from view. What is right. this? Uh, help me a so, little bit. So, so go ahead. Can you elaborate Hamlin. on this? Because obviously we've okay. been texting. You know, everybody's been texting yeah. about this, and and uh, and and so you, quite a quite a uh, conspiracy theory y'all got going on right yes. now. So w w enlighten the, the the listener. Okay. So so here's what we got right. So for those who don't know, Demar Hamlin, of course. I, God knows it's been talked about ad nauseum at this point. Uh, you know, cardiac arrest in the Buffalo Bills game, hospitalized, blah, blah, blah. They save him, everything else. Uh, last week, you have the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals playing. Snowing, you know. It's, DeMar Hamlin at the game. Assumedly to be able to provide, yeah, there he is right there. Give it up. To, to boost the Bengals. I'm sorry. Well, maybe that's what happened. To boost the Bills. <laughs> the yeah. Bills got nothing out of it. Uh, the Bills were the ones that were flatlined after. Yeah, after no, Demar they were distracted. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we have first so, responders in the suite? 
Yeah. So so now we're here and we're we're watching the game and they keep cutting yeah. the footage of Damar. Yeah. But Damar, who they're showing, has in a suite, has a hood up, mm-hmm. has a mask up, mm-hmm. and at various times has sunglasses on as well. So you cannot mm-hmm. see this could be me. And I for those who are listening to this podcast and aren't seeing us. I don't look anything like Damar Hamlin. Like I would be pretty much the opposite <laughs> right. of Damar Hamlin. Yeah. And so we're, we're the so point is they won't show him. Now they had cameras in the tunnel, in the stadium, seeing him show up to the game, seeing his family show up. Oh, here's his wife. Here's his lovely son. Here's this, mm-hmm. this wonderful Damar. It's totally separate from them on a golf cart. Hood up, mask up, sunglasses on, on the golf cart. Doesn't acknowledge anyone or anything, and then just like slips in and goes away. Yeah. So th- then this starts being more and more talked about. Like people are going, wait a minute, this is a little bit weird. This guy's supposed to be here. He's the biggest story in the world. He won't acknowledge anyone. No one has seen his face. Nobody knows for sure that this even is Damar Hamlin. This is a little bit weird. Yeah. And. There's absolutely no evidence. No one has seen Damar Hamlin. They, we well, only have reports that people have seen him. And then Damar, Damar, then goes out in quotations. I'm saying Damar goes on his his Twitter feed, takes a picture of himself by a mural, again, mm-hmm. hood on, mask over mm-hmm. his face, everything else, and just says, clone. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so... Do I think that it's all a conspiracy? No, but I will tell you, Jason Whitlock at his site, The Blaze, also did an article on this, talking very specifically about what in the world is going on with Tamar Hamlin. Yeah, and, and his this was, theory on this is a little bit different. Well, and 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 you know, Josh Allen's already come out and go, that's just you know, stop that stuff. He's like, this is stupid. Tamar was there before and after the game, like you know, he's like, that's just his swag. That's how he does his thing, you know. Which, it, be. yeah, yeah. Could be. I mean, I can't rule that out, right? But it's sure. like at no point, at it's no just point. Odd. Yeah. Like there are yeah. lots and lots of pictures and video and everything of Damar Hamlin prior to his injury. Yeah. And no pictures after the injury. So it it, it invites question. And and so then when you look at what uh, Jason Whitlock said in his article, he said that he thinks that DeMar probably was there, but that he is – his handlers have basically told him he, he stands to make a lot of money from this. So don't let anyone see you. Don't talk to anyone because we're going to sit down with Oprah or Michael Strahan on Good Morning America or any number of different things and make a ton of money from this because you may never be able to play again. So we've got to cash right. in on every single opportunity. Right. I'm not going to knock the guy if that's the case, but I do think it's an interesting situation uh, that you have a guy who is, you know, again, supposedly at the game, supposedly rooting on the team, but no one yeah. knows. And no one anywhere with all of the attention on this guy. Again, Tony Rich. No one straight sees the head. Nobody knows yeah. but me. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It, it all comes back to Tony Rich. Uh, you know, it's, it's oh, um, also no one listening will know who you're talking about. That's what an obscure reference you've just made. No one knows some, who Tony all right, Rich is. If anybody's watching this and you know who the Tony Rich project is, please put something in. They don't. Put, 
put something in the chat because someone out there listening. I just saw something here. User Tony Rich says, yo, yo, that's me. (laughs) Thanks for bringing me up. No one has talked about me since you were in eighth grade. Okay. All right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. He can't even, he can't even, he's too poor to even have a decent handle. It's just user (laughs) four eight. Yeah. User no four Grammys is using in 93. The Tony Rich handle. Believe me, it's very available. <laughs> oh, it's very Where, yeah, Wherever you, Tony you Rich could, is right now, Tony yeah. Rich right now is sitting at home, and wherever he is, it's raining. And he's sitting there, and he's looking out his window. Hello. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's Tony Rich. Uh, TonyRich.com is available for $9.99 on GoDaddy. <laughs> you buy one year, you get three years for free. Not uh, worth the money. Not worth the money, even then. <laughs> right. No, you, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, look, that, that's, the, the DeMar Hamlin thing, I think, is an interesting interesting yeah. conspiracy theory. I don't know, you know what, what's going to come of it. But I do. I will say this. And this is what the people are saying that feel like there's something going on. And that is the okay. NFL does have reason to want to hide some things. Okay. Which I get, and I get the, the conspiracy side of it, which yeah. it's always fun to talk about. But I'm going, you have an entire medical community in Cincinnati that was taking care of this guy. So I'm like, I mean, I know the NFL is pretty powerful, but I mean, can you shut down a hospital and go like, no one's talking about this? Right. Be, you know, he's gone. Like he's he's in Cuba with Tupac. Like, <laughs> well, how about this? Is it possible that he's still not good enough to be out and about? He's alive, just yeah. not healthy enough to be out and about, well, I, and so they right. recover it up by that. And so the NFL gets the feel-good story. They buy time until the off season when no one has to think about it. Hamlin gets to 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 you know get healthy again, and then you know they they, they get a ton of mileage out of the story in the meantime. So what I'm more curious about is anybody uh, <clears throat> asking questions about his toy drive, right? Yeah, what, I think it's up to like nine million dollars or something. I'm saying, like, you're like, I got a fifteen hundred dollar goal, and all of a sudden you're at nine mil. Like, who's going? Like, what toys are you buying, dude? Like, yeah, uh, just I'd this, turn I, right around. If I were him, I'd donate the fifteen hundred dollars worth of toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of my word. I'm gonna That's give right. those kids their toys. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna go straight Amber Heard. I pledged it. Uh, <laughs> I fulfilled my pledge. Yeah, they got fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rest what of it went to administrative me? fees. Went to admin <laughs> fees. That's right. These nonprofits ain't cheap. They don't pay for they themselves. No, no. I've got to be transparent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what are you going to do with $9 million that was pledged to go to toys? Now, obviously, people are stupid because they're not giving that money for him yeah. to buy toys. They're, you know, yeah. they're to assuage some sort of guilt or go like, no, I'm, I'm supporting yeah. Make a show. Like, hey, I'm yeah, out here yeah doing the right it's thing. such a public display no of whatever. <clears throat> no one cares. But no one's I'm yeah. I'm curious. I'm more well, curious about you, this than him being dead. I'm like, where's this nine mil going? Like <laughs> where's this going? His wife might be asking the same thing right now. But look, I mean, here's the thing. I will say this. You listen to the you listen to this show, you listen to this podcast. I promise you, almost nowhere else that you could possibly listen to a show. Will people talk about this topic in this way? And this is a real way to discuss this topic. You ain't going to hear this on ESPN, right? This yeah. is a different way to talk about it. 
Because the truth of the matter is you hit, a, you hit the nail on the head on a very specific point, which is that these people that donated money to a toy drive for DeMar Hamlin, doesn't that doesn't do anything for DeMar Hamlin. Nothing. This is money that you want to make a statement to say that you have done something yeah. good. This is way yeah. more about you, has nothing to do with a guy who had cardiac arrest. And so right. then it becomes this thing of like, well, now it's this feel-good story and everyone gets to say, whoever the people were that contributed, like, I contributed my money. I did this thing. But it is a really good point. Okay, great. What happens to the money? What happens? And what's going what? on with DeMar Hamlin? <clears throat> Why can't he show? And, and this is a this is a money-fueled situation. Because the reality is, again, go, go, don't, don't take my word for it. Read the Jason Whitlock article on the blaze. And, and it, it's one of the things it's, it's still fueled by money because as DeMar does not even want to take his hood down and wave to people to give in Buffalo, <clears throat> the crowd, yeah. the satisfaction of knowing that they're actually seeing yeah. him and saying hi and thanking them because he stands to make a buck off of interviews and he doesn't want his face shown because cardiac now, arrest doesn't do anything that makes you have to wear a mask over your face. <clears throat> To be able to to be covered. And if he's on oxygen, they're also anyone on oxygen yeah. does not tell you strap a mask over your face as well sure. to help you yeah. breathe. That's, yeah, try that's to filter that stuff out. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, and, and I think to be just so we don't look like those guys, very happy that he survived. Of course. Very happy that he's alive. Like, Who's we're not, not going happy like, he survived. Like, it's sad that in the, the world we live in, you have to actually take a step back and say, yeah, you have to put hey, an asterisk. I'm really just, happy that the guys were clearly right. were happy to survive. <laughs> no one was rooting for DeMar Hamlin's death going into that game yeah. or after he fell. No one was like, oh, this is fantastic news. Like, of course, we wanted the guy to live. Naturally, we're but happy that he survived. But at some point, it's the same thing we just talked about with Jordan and Mahomes. This is what we do as a society. It's what we do in the sports realm. We we build people up. We love the underdog, love the underdog. Right. Until he's no longer the underdog. And then we're like, we're tired of you. Uh, at some point, people are going to ask. And now, you know, most people are going to go, if, especially if he's not able to play football anymore. Everybody's going to go, you know what? Just keep the nine mil. Hopefully this sets you off the rest yes. of your life. And, yeah. you know, we're all for you. And, right. and, and so am I. I'm like, you know, go for it. Yeah, great. If people great. decided to give $9 million to a GoFundMe, one, GoFundMe is really happy about it. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Cause, Making because their piece. They're, they're taking their cut. Uh, yep. So they're giddy about it. Like, keep giving it to Mar. Like, we're going to push this yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, and if you can't play football anymore, you know, great. You had a nation of people that rallied around a potentially very tragic situation. And I think on one side, it showed the best side of humanity that we go, you know what, we can, it can galvanize us and we can, we can go forward and cheer for this guy, no matter what team you, you root for. Uh, yeah. And if he, if he doesn't play again, take it all, you know, go for it. I, I hate, I do hate the concept of <clears throat> now leveraging public sympathies to to raise more money and try to manipulate the public to try to you know i don't like that element let people get, give yeah. out a good free will and the free will offering all the way uh at, at some point that may turn south and then you got the random jerk that's going to go hey let's talk about this 2500 dollars toy drive and, and well, then yeah. all of a sudden he's left in a position where he's defending himself because it was not yeah. his idea anyway right and that, that comes to the other part, too, which is, and I didn't do this, but if I were to have been someone who who donated, uh, you know, $500 to the toy drive, did that mean that I was donating $500 to his retirement fund? Right? That's not what I thought I was doing. And so you have to get into, and in a lot of these instances, and look, I'm not going to pretend to know, I haven't researched this, but I do think it's worth looking at that in these scenarios, 
it's oftentimes people just assume that they're donating to something that's going to make a difference in a specific way, a toy drive or something like that. But then what do you know about what actually happens to your money after it's donated? Who's controlling that GoFundMe? Who's control? Well, we met our mark. What happens on all the money that happens after that, that, that gets collected? So it's, so they're at it's 9 worth million. conversation. So they're, they're $2,500 away from $9 million. So here's an update they put um, that, that's on this GoFundMe page. The fundraiser was initially established to support a toy drive for DeMar's community sponsored by the Chasing M's Foundation. However, it has received renewed support in light of DeMar's current battle, and we can't thank all of you enough. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. As representatives of DeMar, the team at Jaster Athletes posted the fundraiser updates and will work with the Hamlin family, the Chasing M's Foundation, and the GoFundMe team to ensure the safe delivery of funds. Doesn't say how much fund. How you know how what part of this funding yeah, and safe, is safe delivery to it, who? Yeah, and is it just safe delivery of twenty five hundred dollars to to right. the you know to it? Demar created the Chasing M's Foundation to use as a vehicle to bring lasting impact to his community. The foundation supports toy drives, back to school drives, kid camps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, this is the only current fund that is being used by the Hamlin family. We appreciate your understanding as we give them time and space to focus on health. So, I, you know, I appreciate the little, you know, like, Hey, just update, you know, this is, this uh -huh. is going way beyond what we could have ever expected, but at no point did they give any kind of transparency as to what those now at some point, someone's going to ask questions, even if it's us here on this show, right? Like, what do you do with the money? Like at least yeah. let people know. So they don't feel like down the road, they're being duped. If you come out and go, Hey, update. Because of DeMar's situation, we feel necessary that we're still going to give above and beyond to this toy drive and for future toy drives. For the next 10 years, we're going to set aside yeah. $50,000 to go to toy drives or $100,000 million to yeah. go to toy drives. And then the rest of this is going to go to helping DeMar continue to recover and to establish a long-lasting, you know, uh, whatever for his family. Yeah. At least be transparent with it. You know, I think on the front end, you're going to be better off than – Agreed. Because I can't get my money back if I were to have donated. It's like, okay, if no. you told me right now, hey, uh, turns out the family's keeping all the money. Appreciate it. Like, I, I don't have any recourse. I yeah. can't do anything. Like, okay, well, anything. I thought I was donating to a toy drive, not an athlete's retirement fund. And now I'm I'm just out that money, I guess, because I don't have any control over it or, or any say in the matter. Which, and, and that's your you know, fault. Again. That's right. your fault. 100%, like if you, 100%. If, you, if you watched him and they're doing CPR on the dude and all of a sudden you're like, man, I got to do something. Uh, let me just give and, and yeah. great heart of generosity, free goodwill. Yes. Awesome. All of it is great. I'm going to give, you can't now come back around and go, well, wait a minute. I thought this was going to go to the toy drive. You didn't give to a flipping toy drive. If you cared right. about the toy drive, you would have given before that moment. You know, you cared yes. about feeling like you were, it's, it's the, the Anthony Jeselnik thoughts and prayers routine mm -hmm. all over again. 100%. Right. So you're doing it. You're just, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. You know, like, you just want people to look at you to say that you, that you did. I'm not saying that's everybody, but you can't now but come it's a back large and go, portion. yeah, you can't now come back and go, wait, I, this doesn't go to the toy drive. I need that hundred bucks back. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was an impulse give. Glad you gave it, but don't come back around and say, I need my money back. That's, that's DeMar's yeah. not now. And, and he's right. a, do whatever he feels like he needs yeah. to do it. You He's going to buy some anymore. more sunglasses. He's going to buy yeah. some more cover-ups. <laughs> he, he got a hoodie account. He, he's got that deep GoFundMe hoodie, hoodie pockets now. He's, he's, he's spending money like it's nothing. <laughs> Nike's about like, to sign I got that the dude. Under Armour. I got the Nike. I got the yeah. No Bull. I got every single thing going on over my head, man. I got all the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to any gas station I want and buy all the sunglasses I can see. 
Nike's so, going to yeah. sign them. Like when you literally can't stand for anything. Uh, yeah. you know, you, so they're going to make some <laughs> sort of thing about it. He's going to make a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick's going to jump on this. I guarantee has it. To. Like has to. he's, has he's to. going to jump on it, especially if they don't let him back in the NFL. Then all of a sudden, like, right. Hey, this is, yeah, I would not be shocked to hear from good old, from good old Colin. Uh, no, he'll find a way to insert himself into this somehow. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, my friend, yeah. uh, I think we can probably get ready to, to wrap things up here. Anything else that you want to kind of touch on uh, before we before we start to call it a night? We've we've touched on the the playoffs here, the NFL, and then we've created what I'm sure will be a tremendous amount of controversy over our comments on Demar Hamlin, his yeah. uh, his toy <clears throat> drive, and what's going on with the money, et cetera. So, uh, but before, we've also before, we've also provided a significant career boost for Tony Rich. And yes. the Tony Rich project. So really believing. Shout out to Tony uh, Rich. Shout out to Tony Rich. Uh, I'd like you to come uh, sing at my five-year-old's birthday party. Uh, I was just Tony soon. Rich might be helping to run DeMar Hamlin's toy drive. <laughs> he's, got, he's got time on his hands. He might be working okay. for GoFundMe well, or. And this is, this is, this is why Tony Rich came up. Cause obviously we're older. We're, you know, we're in our forties here. So we, we, you know, we can remember back when Tony Rich was a big deal. Tony Rich Project and uh, Babyface and all that stuff. But this came up because of the pregame show at the Super Bowl yes. that they've, they've unrolled yes. out now, which I think, I mean, I don't know how you pick, like, these two guys, which I, I, I like both of them. I mean, I, sure. we grew up just outside of Baltimore, so big yeah. R&B fans, big rap fans, you know, yeah. really enjoyed Babyface. You have Babyface singing America the Beautiful, and you have Stapleton uh, singing the national anthem. So you couldn't ask for more polar opposite yeah. Uh, you know, we, yeah, but like them both. Well, I, look at this and I think, I, I think that like, if you're Chris Stapleton, they must've paid you a lot of money to come and play. And if you're babyface, you must've paid them a lot of money. <laughs> sure. To have sure. Play. Like, sure. like who, who's beating down babyface's door to ask him <laughs> oh, to go play yeah. the Super Bowl? Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm going to get back in busy. Chris Stapleton's got everything yeah. happening for him. Yeah. Babyface is trying to keep the yeah. lights on. So yeah. Uh, maybe, I, I'm like, very I, maybe I can get Sade to do my background vocals. Right. Maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just don't understand like what the, the thinking is there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure well, they're going to come up with something, uh, that, it, and I'm sure it'll be impressive. Well, I think they – you know, my guess is they saw how popular that halftime show was last year, dipping all the way back into your Gen Xers. And yep. so going like, oh, okay, we can – these guys – I mean, they're, they're not dumb, right? We are the – like at this point in our lives – we are, we're the earners, right? Like you, we've accumulated some wealth. We've, we're, we're, we're making a lot right. of money. And so, uh, yeah, to be able to go like, Hey, we'll bring out Eminem and 50 cent and Dr. Dre. And yeah. all. Hey, we'll bring back baby face and let's, you know, let's bring back a couple of these. Yeah. They're not stupid. NFL's, you no. know, they're not dumb. They're money hungry. NFL probably negotiated dumb. a percentage of the earnings that come afterwards or something. <clears throat> so. And they'll use, we're they'll use whatever that, above and beyond earnings are to resurrect the Tony Rich project because someone's got to do it. Somebody's <laughs> got to be done. And Tony Rich clearly isn't doing it. So somebody's no. got to do it. No. He's like, like Tony a, Rich he's, is trying to avoid it happening. Yeah. No, he's switched genres completely. Like he's doing pop. He's like a Jonas brother now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hats off to you, Tony no Rich. I, I'm rooting for you, buddy. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. Shout out to you, Tony Rich. Appreciate you, brother. You're still alive. Yeah. Let somebody know, man. Seriously, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Tony Rich could have been D.B. Cooper. <laughs> Tony, Tony Rich. 
Might have been D.B. Cooper. Jumped out of the back of a plane, stole a million dollars, and has never been seen from again. Nobody knows what happened. Yep. He's he's... (laughs) – what was the movie with Robert Downey Jr. and – the dude with the violin uh, that, that he found that was like a former like prodigy oh, with J- Jamie. Oh, was it Jamie Fox? I yeah. think it was Jamie Fox. That's Tony yeah. Rich. Like he's huddled somewhere under a cardboard box with his four Grammys, and he's sitting there <laughs> like just humming uh, babyface songs. It's <laughs> a good question. I wonder what that uh, was. That it movie was. was it solo? Hey, well, I think you're right. I think that's it. Um, the soloist. The soloist. The yeah. soloist. Came out in yeah. 2009. It's 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. Much like 27% of Google users like the movie. Um, yeah, the, it did $38.3 million at the box office. So for those of you who are saying that homeless violin players can't sell movie tickets, $38.3 million at the box office, suckers. You were proven way wrong. Oh yeah, so that's embarrassing for a lot of well, people. And we're setting up the NFL because they, clearly they watch the show. The, there's a good chance <laughs> they may too. have they may have Jamie Fox next year doing a halftime show. Wouldn't surprise. They, they're watching this right now, going like, "That's actually not a bad idea." Yeah, pretty good. <clears throat> pretty good. Can we have Robert <laughs> yeah. Downey Jr. kind of wander across the stage or something like that in the, yeah. in the background? Yeah, there's a lot. Everybody they can loves. Do. Everybody loves Gold Digger. Let's let's put this thing Come out. On. You know. Yeah. Yeah, let's get some more miles. <laughs> we haven't done enough with it yet. Let's see if we can get some more. Get more. We're going with Gold Digger. Sure, sure, sure. Bring it back. Bring it back. Well, listen, I think we've pretty well come off the rails here uh, as a, as a show. People listening to the podcast are just uh, yeah. now getting upset about how they're spending their time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have questioned that from the beginning. Yeah, I was just saying, a lot of life decisions. You know, this is this is uh, not a show that's meant to uh, to uh, help you with you know the quality of life or your no. life decisions. But I will say, when people listen to it, they do question their their decision making. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah, I think they feel better about their lives because they go, well, at least we could be doing what these guys are doing. Like it's not that bad for us. <laughs> at least I'm a garbage man, and I'm not doing what these guys are doing. <laughs> Is I just work in the sewage treatment plant? I'm not doing what these suckers are doing. Sure. Yeah. At least I'm running a pawn shop selling old Tony Rich Project CDs. At least I'm not doing what these guys are doing. Yeah. Shout out to the pawn shop workers. Appreciate you guys out there doing out there doing the Lord's work. Still showing This is this is the show for pawn shop employees. That's right. Still selling four for ten CDs, trying to get them off the shelf. Yeah, man. And you know what, honestly, you. no one out there has really catered to the pawn shop <laughs> employee. I know they're not a union, but the pawn shop, the people that work at pawn no, shops. No, but they are a brotherhood. A real, that's a brotherhood. It's a strong brotherhood. And then nobody, it's a niche that I just think a lot of people aren't catering to. There's not a lot of shows. Like Barstool Sports doesn't have anything out there for, for, sure. for pawn shop employees. There's just not a lot that caters to them. So, Well, clearly listen, they have an audience. Pawn I mean, how long employee, did Pawn Stars run? Pawn stars exactly. ran forever. That's exactly <laughs> right. People love their pawn shops, and I feel like there's a niche there that isn't being filled. So for all of all of the pawn <clears throat> the pawn shop employees out there, you guys that are out there just grinding away and and yeah, know, doing trade ins on shotguns and you know and, and, sure. and pawning console televisions <clears throat> and things like that, like <laughs> we hear you, we stand yes. with you. This is your show, yeah. you know. So 
Yeah. You're out there. You, you just took in a, a Nintendo 64 and you gave someone seven bucks for it. Man, turn on the show. Listen turn to us, show. man. We we get yeah. it, man. We feel you. It's a dangerous uh, industry. So stay safe. Stay safe. You it's know what I'm saying? Like dangerous industry, but it's recession yeah. proof. In fact, it's recession helped. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no one. No one hates a strong economy more no. than pawn shop employees. No, <laughs> they're just super frustrated. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure Gary Vee is doubling down on pawn shop that's right. enterprise that's right now. That's where the money is. That's there's where the money a, is. There's, a, you there's chase an it. arbitrage opportunity there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Look, <laughs> yeah, I was right about baseball cards. I was right, right about Uber. I'm about to be right about pawn shops. Invest heavily right. now in the Get pawn in on shops. your pawn shops if you Now's can. Now's the moment. Yeah. Now you get the salt and pepper shakers that you can flip for a 50% profit. Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. Yeah, if you yeah. don't, don't say you weren't warned. Yeah, that's on you. Dummy. Don't worry about EVs. It's not it has electric vehicles has nothing to do with our future. You got to no. reach back into the pond. Like if you need to get where the grassroots movement is that shapes the economy of this nation, you're going yeah. to the pawn shops. That's it. That's it. You want to know what people are really about? Go see what they got rid of for a small amount of money that they won't be able to pay back by payday, and they will lose that item forever. That's what how this pawn- country was built on. How many pawn shops do you think got Dak Prescott jerseys right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, the ones that weren't burned, uh, <laughs> yes. there were a lot of people burning their uh, <laughs> their Dak Prescott jerseys, which, again, is great. I saw a guy on, I think it was Twitter, uh, that said that, or didn't say, they have video of him wearing a Tony Romo jersey, burning yeah. his Dak Prescott jersey. <laughs> It's like, bro, that's, it's the same, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, so we had someone on the live stream a little while ago talking about that, you know, the, the you know, the Spider-Man meme where it's like the, the Spider-Man's pointing at each other, <laughs> like you're me, right, I'm right. you. So he said, he, he said that, uh, that, that there should be a Spider-Man meme of Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. And, uh, but I also <laughs> feel like it accurate. could be Tony Romo, Tony Romo and, be Romo and Dak. I mean, you can't stand there wearing a Tony Romo jersey. Angry at Dak Prescott and burn his jersey. I mean, just yeah. man, that's the 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 height of hypocrisy. Well, uh, here's the thing: if you have both of those jerseys, leave them on when you light it on fire, because <laughs> at some point, yeah. you've got to call it quits. You got to shift. Yeah, man, teams. this is not working out for you. How have you not found another team yet? Yeah, the, the the NFL meme of uh, for Brock Purdy. I think the one I you probably saw it as well. But they're like Brock Purdy has as many playoff wins as. Uh, yeah, as Dak Prescott and Tony Romo, dot dot dot. He played his first game last week. You know, so uh, yeah, it's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty. That I do love a lot I, of years of uh, futility. Gosh, I do love the rage. I do love the cowboy rage, breaking televisions, fake Absolutely. staged or not. Love all of yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's all good to see. Uh, and just yeah. as we wrap up here, just want to let you know that. Uh, <laughs> In 2023, there it's projected that there will be 9,116 pawn shop businesses in the United States. So, um, right now, is that an uptick from last year? Well, surprisingly, pawn shops in the U.S. their annualized business growth from 2018 to 2023 is actually down 1.7 percent. So, uh, that's a huh. little surprising, but um, you know, I think my friends in the industry feel like we're going to start to see a turn. Uh, you know, things are going to start trending up again. Part of this was COVID related. Right, so we have to take that into consideration. Yeah. So when we talk sure. about a one point seven percent downturn, yeah, with with COVID, that certainly made an impact.
I mean, that, that was an industry hard hit by COVID that, yeah. you know, again, no government bailouts coming from there the were lockdowns. Yes. Yeah, there were lockdowns. Yeah. Like you couldn't even get yeah. to the pawn shop. Like, you know, <laughs> so to. God knows you wanted to. You couldn't do it. You wanted to. You wanted to. You wanted to see your friends uh, just, at the pawn and, shop. And you couldn't get there. Just as an update for you, if you uh, were to go to bandsintown.com uh, and, and look for 20 Rich Project, mm. um, you can request a show. So no no current tour, no current <laughs> tour happening, <laughs> but uh, you can request a show. And I think I may request I them. may do that. I may do that. Well, hey, listen. I mean, you could also request a show maybe on OnlyFans from Tony Rich. So I want to check Cameo. Yeah, maybe he's on there. Maybe there he's you on, go. Yeah. Maybe, if you can sing me a solo on Cameo. If Tony Rich is on Cameo, he's probably requesting a Cameo from someone else. He's not <laughs> doing any himself. There's that. There's the 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 music service now where the, you can like custom write a song for your spouse and they'll have somebody mm-hmm. sing it. He might be on there on the R and B version. Like male R and B would sing the song for you, and it's just generic voice that sings. Yeah, it's Tony Rich. <laughs> you won't even yeah, know who it is. Rich. Yeah, <laughs> big fan of that. Big fan of that first album, though. Fantastic album. There you go. Yeah, well, listen, four I, Grammys. Don't be surprised, people listening <clears throat> to the podcast here. Don't be surprised if we see a sales spike. Like now that it's been talked about and hyped up on this show, sure, it's been flatlined for 15, 17 years. Don't be surprised if there's like a just a little like a little click, little just tick, a, little, like just slightest like like whoa, whoa, whoa. Suddenly hit the wrong, hit the wrong, hit a button, hit a button. There. That's what Tony Rich will do to you, man. He'll get you all That's fluttery, right. and next thing you know, got me you're all fired up. Got me all don't fired be surprised, uh, pawn. Pawn, pawn shop owners, don't be surprised if those Tony Rich albums start flying off the shelves now. Flying off the shelves. Yeah, Your shelves yeah. are covered in them right now, but they're going to start. <laughs> a through A through Z. I got, yeah, he has, he has his own genre. Yeah, uh, just pawn hit shops. after hit after hit. So people, people really Hit like after it. hit after hit on the first album. Yeah, yeah. hit after uh, hit after <laughs> hit, but subtract two or three of those hits. And then one... <laughs> One moderately successful song some people may have heard uh, is basically what it boils down to for him. So. They've got to have heard that, man. Come on. You don't think anybody. Oh, what's it called? Come what's on. the song called? Nobody. Come on. Nobody. No, you, you can't. Do you know that that's the name of the song? I'm going to try. I'm going to try um, to do something. I, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to see how many. I, I think it was four Grammys that he won for that album. Uh, it's okay. nobody knows is the song, uh, song. The album. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the album was words. That's what I was looking for. The album was words. The song words. was nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So four Grammys uh, for this album, and then he just uh, he pulled a Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like early, early <laughs> success, collapsed. and then just collapsed. I said like I'm leaving all of my uh, all of my trophies in the '90s, and so he, that's it. He did. Uh, he did a Cowboys. I was gonna bring up and play uh, this song, but um, I don't want to <laughs> run into some potential issues as it sure. pertains to copyright. Tony Rich is very litigious, but uh, <laughs> but I, <think> it, <laughs> I will say that yeah. uh, Wikipedia says nobody knows this is a song by R and B singer Tony Rich then known as the Tony Rich Project, sure. from his 1996 debut album, Words. 
Released as his debut single on November 7, 1995, the song peaked at number two on both the Billboard Hot 100 and Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary Tracks charts. It also sure. became a hit in several other countries, topping the Irish singles charts <laughs> and reaching number two in Australia and Canada, number four in the United Kingdom, and the top 20 in the Netherlands. They don't tell you where in the Netherlands. My guess is top 20 means 20. Uh, top 20 in the Netherlands, New Zealand, and Sweden. Rich received a nomination for the 1997 Grammy Award for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. Global sensation, the Tony Rich Project. <clears throat> well, also keep in mind, please, that everything I read you, that is the extent of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> no one has seen There's nothing else. They told me where he's at. Otherwise, it's, they go into track listings. Yeah. They tell you yeah. where it was made. Um, Joe Rich helped with writing, uh, presumably Tony Rich's brother and or some other relation there. Rich sure. did all vocals and all instruments except acoustic guitar production and arrangement. He's a talented man. Go. Some would say that he owes his success to Joe Rich. Uh, Joe Rich has said that on many occasions. It's called a huge <laughs> rift between huge, Tony and Joe huge. Rich. Hate each yeah. other right now. No, I they think, do not go to Thanksgiving uh, now, together. I heard, and I, this is breaking news. You want to talk about breaking news? Well, I'm about to break some news, okay? Sure. So you sure. want to you know what it is to hear some breaking news. All right. All right. All right. Breaking news. I've heard that Dana White is in conversation with Tony Rich and Joe Rich to join the slap fighting That's right. competition that he has started. I don't yes. remember the name of it. It's like the International Slapping League or something like sure. that. Sure. Doesn't even matter. Tony, Tony Rich, Joe Rich, and the great slap off. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's getting hyped up. I think there's going to be a lot of buzz around that. Yeah. I think this is going to be good for Tony Rich. It's going to be bad for Joe Rich because he has – he has lots of other things happening, but Tony doesn't right. really happen. Yeah. You know, you, you get Joe Rich, like, uh, you know, you get him away from the mechanic shop for a week. Uh, that's hourly money he is losing out on to come to this lab. Right. So Dana White's going to have to make win. it worth his while to be there. He's got to win. He yeah. really does. And, and, <laughs> he, and you know what? Literally. Honestly, strong hands. Strong hands. Well, mechanic's so, hands. That's right. That's right. Rough, yeah. rough hands. Yeah. Rough uh, hands. But, but fair. Tender and fair. So. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so lots of good things happening there for Tony Rich, for Joe Rich. Uh, good luck slapping each other. Uh, and it, they'll cancel out because of the rough hands. But then you have Tony Rich, who has a very calloused face from getting smacked around my life. You say yeah. Tony Rich's face is like an old catcher's mitt. That's old just, catcher's mitt. Life just, just kept. Life, <laughs> life has just beat this dude. Yeah. Oh boy. Good old yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony Rich is just an old junkyard dog just chained up to a tree. Sure. By life. Yeah. Uh, I got to do some research on Tony Rich now. Well, it'll be a short trip. He's, he's uh, watching so. this eating a quesarito. <laughs> so listen, uh, the good news is that everyone. Loser! You're a loser. Are you fin? <laughs> Again, that was an accident. I accidentally hit that button uh, while I was thinking about Tony and Joe Rich. Uh, unrelated. Unre I want to say for the record, unrelated. Unrelated to those, those sure. fine gentlemen. Um, but the good news is yeah, anyone contact. that was listening, no one has made it to this point in, in, the, in the podcast. 
That's right. So it's just us talking at this point. No one's listening anymore. Uh, <laughs> but we we will get ready to wrap it up. We've gone on long enough, probably arguably too long. Most people would say we've gone, we've talked too long. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, we've I think we've covered everything <laughs> there is to cover. Any any uh, any last word before we uh, shut her down? <clears throat> No, I mean, go to the Tony Rich uh, Instagram page, follow, hit the bell, like, <laughs> really make that, make that, make that me feel welcome. Uh, yeah. And if you have a second after that, maybe go to the, you get the horn show uh, page, look at any of our, yeah, only after you've checked out Tony Rich, but you sure. can find us on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Uh, yeah. And of course, wish you uh, hadn't. the podcast, you get the horn show is on every mm-hmm. major podcast platform, Apple, Google, uh, Amazon music. Uh, Spotify, uh, every, everywhere you can think of is uh, you get the horn show. Uh, might be an upcoming uh, interview with Tony Rich uh, in the future <laughs> if we can wake him up. And uh, <laughs> so, once so, the yeah, beds so wear off, of, he'll be able to form some sentences. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so uh, listen, been a good time. Uh, yeah. We will have lots of more comment or content, uh, probably some comments coming as well, but some content coming out. <laughs> Hopefully, going to have all four of us next week. Yeah, and uh, and we'll take it from there. So, uh, brother, I'll be seeing you. Obviously, you and I are meeting up for lunch uh, tomorrow. Actually, yeah, so man. that'll be a that'll be a good time, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to the audience here soon. So, yeah. Otherwise, if you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area, hey, hit up Lewis's Barbecue. Yes, do yourself a Lewis favor. Barbecue is as good as you're going to find. It is yep. as good as you can find for barbecue. Yep. So, yeah, Lewis Barbecue. Shout out to shout out John Lewis. Lewis Barbecue. Shout out John Lewis. Yeah, follow the show, John. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, appreciate it, John. John probably already does follow. I'm going to assume he does. So yeah. if you're out there, you like barbecue, you've thought about getting into barbecue, you've heard of barbecue before, just know that John Lewis already follows us. If he does, it makes sense for yeah. you too. Don't be weird about it. Just go ahead and follow us. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't sponsor right. the show. I think we sponsor no, them. Uh, not yet. But yeah. <laughs> not yet. That's right. Our money goes to them. Their money doesn't come to us yet. But I'm confident things are going to change. The tide right. is turning. I can right. feel it. The tide is turning. Related calls are going to be answered. That's right. (laughs) All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for staying with us, everybody. We'll talk soon. Can we get Tony Rich to play us out next week? Uh, Is that (laughs) possible? He's got time on his hands. (laughs) He does.